You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hi everyone, I just wanted to check to see uh, one thing with my camera and mic set up. I'm not entirely certain the headphones are working as I would like, so if people could just sort of give me a, shall we say, a bit of a heads up <laughs> as to whether the audio or that is fine, then that would be great, um, because I'm not certain the sound is coming through my headphones. I'm a little concerned that it might be coming out of the laptop, so let me know what it is and... I'll adjust it if need be. We'll see. But hello to everybody. The Hexy Beast, Christoph, David Jackson, and Maximo Carlo, Lucas, hello. Ah, good. All good. So maybe I don't need this then. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't need this then. Okay, fine. We'll take it off. We'll take off the stupid headset. We don't need it. But anyway, yes, thanks for joining me on a very impromptu live stream. Um, basically, I got home last night did a big vlog with Paul Grogan, which was great fun. Took us about two hours, and I figured, well, I need to get stuff done this week. And I thought, well, if I do a podcast, that means I've got to do the podcast, get the OBS running, do the editing afterwards. And I thought, I kind of need something a little bit simpler to do. So I figured, oh, well, whatever. Let me just do this live. So this audio, if it goes well, will go on the podcast feed as kind of like its own thing, kind of like a special really, because at the end of the day, it's kind of the same thing really. But it just means I haven't got to do quite as much on the, the editing front. But it also means I can answer a few questions live and just talk about Essen in general. So yes, Essen is done for another year. Oh, blimey. I'm still exhausted from it. I got back on Sunday evening uh, with Paul Grogan because I was take, coming home with him. He stayed overnight. He went home this morning and, uh, suffice to say, actually got back in one piece, which is quite surprising for Paul Grogan, really. But I was exhausted because I have been doing a lot this week. I was there since Tuesday. I drove to Essen, which means driving for a good six to eight hours worth of like tr transport time each like all the way it's like oh my word and it was made worse for the last couple of days because on Thursday my hotel decided out of the blue to host a wedding party which meant that the place was like a, a massive like uh like what do you call it you know it was just like loud and obnoxious and that and I thought oh god this is annoying I want to go to bed all right fine maybe this will go maybe this will clear off by midnight one o'clock a bit like the UK 4 a.m that wedding party went on to 4 a.m. Okay, I had to listen to the worst of pop culture music for six hours straight. I had no sleep, and then I had to go into a void full demo on Sunday morning and then drive all the way back to the UK. And then I did a two-hour vlog, and then I've been to work today. 
So what on earth <laughs> exactly was going through my head when I decided that? And, uh, you know, speak of the devil, <laughs> pulls in to say hi. Yes, like you and me, both of us have had very little sleep in the last few days. So you go off to bed, mate. <laughs> you go off to bed, mate, because I'll probably have to go to bed soon after I'm done with the stream. This will probably be about an hour long, uh, certainly not as long as the one Paul and I did. But, uh, you know, rest well, Paul. <laughs> you need it and I need it. Suffice to say, today was not the best day at work. But, yeah, so, Essen has, uh, suffice, you know, so I'm tired, but that's, despite that, Essen was still fun. Essen Spiel 21, it's finally over, there's, you know, this isn't the picture from Essen 21, this is about three years ago, but, you know, whew, one of the best places for me to go each year, the mecca of board gaming, and yet another year has passed where you go to Essen and try and not buy too many games that you can't fit them in your car boot or your airport luggage. And so, suffice to say, I got there and I thought, I'm going to be really good. I'm just going to, I'm not going to buy anything unless I do a demo and say it's pretty good. Yeah, that didn't go too well. <laughs> it did not go too well. No, um, I realised. Oh yes, I've uh, I've got that coming soon, and I've got this uh, side client paying me, and oh yeah, I've got a bit more cash on it. You know what? I'm going to buy some games. So I did demo a few and rejected buying them because the demo didn't wow me. But there were a few where I played the demo and then bought the game, and then there's a few impulse buys that I made. Yes, it wasn't entirely the cheapest Destin I've been to, but compared to what I've had in the past, quite limited actually i don't think i bought that much back i know that some people uh, i mean obviously paul grogan brought quite a lot back i know joe and sunova from uh Borgen ramblings bought a ton back you know they always go nuts uh because their money does i guess they mostly saved up a lot for that but well as much as the hexy beast says you know the trick is to go when you're skint uh Essen costs a fair bit you wouldn't be able to get there if you were skint you got to pay a good few hundred euros for your hotel and then you got to afford food which is more expensive than the UK and your pints are more expensive than the UK and all you get is beer cider doesn't seem to exist but then you've also got to feed yourself during the day and convention food is expensive like a very expensive it's tasty but it's expensive and I need to keep myself going with coffee all day and yeah it does rack up that cost now, I got a bunch of review copies and, uh, um, you know, from some people, but most of my stuff I bought because that's kind of how it goes down for me, really. But as at the end of the day, it's all good fun. And <laughs> Paul had an apple cider. Yeah, I should have brought an apple cider from downstairs, actually. I got a bunch of them in the fridge. Why didn't I? All I've got is chamomile tea, probably just because I wanted to... Uh, do this in a kind of nice relaxed form you know there's no i don't think there's going to be much ranting on this particular show with the exception of i hate the hotel i was with because of their stupid wedding party but other than that you know all pretty good so Essen, for those who aren't even aware what it is, if you don't know what Essen is, why are you even watching this video? But basically, a giant trade fair. It's the mecca for board gamers. We go to Germany, it hosts this huge thing with a ton of hall space where all these publishers come down and say, look at our games, please buy them. So, it, and we go there and we play the games and we fork over tons and tons of euros. Now, for those wondering, was it too busy from... Uh, a COVID perspective, uh, COVID actually certainly made life a bit harder for not only publishers but consumers alike with constantly having to show EU COVID passes everywhere, having to wear a mask for the entire kind of duration of said 
you know, fair. And believe me, when you're trying to demo games, like when I was helping out Portal, where the rascals over your face who can't talk properly, it is a little bit on the irritating side. But hey, you know, can't fault them for wanting to take precautions. Uh, capacity apparently was half of what it was before. I didn't actually think it was half. I got proved wrong with statistics, apparently. But uh, I thought it was only about three quarters of what last time because it felt like it was still busy but no apparently it was half the numbers even though it was still a nightmare trying to get into the uh, rotten booths and stuff so uh hmm what do i know i guess but it was yeah it was good fun nonetheless uh what have we got so far uh hello to um i'm gonna do questions from the chat probably I'll do a little bit of explanation of Essen in general first, and then I'll do some chats about games and what I picked up and uh, highlights from the show and that. But uh, hello to Christoph, hello to Mija. Uh, oh, oh, yes, it was great meeting you at the uh, Borkubator booth as well. And hello to uh, Vinny from Victory and Martin Brooks, hello. Uh, so the fair itself, you know, it took precautions. Everybody had to wear a mask. You had to get checks in. And there was sanitizer everywhere. I carry hand gel anyway, just as a default thing. I mean, I was I was using hand gel before it was cool. But, it, you know, so I didn't have a problem with there. I've had a lateral test, you know, which has tested negative, And I got to do a PCR test tonight in order to satisfy UK regulations. But, yeah. I feel fine. The only thing that's iffy with me at the moment is the throat, and that's probably because I spent the whole week yabbering on. And then a, a, a six to eight hour journey home with Paul Grogan talking to him all the time when he wasn't asleep. And and then suddenly a two hour vlog, and then work with meetings. Yeah, I've been talking a lot the last few days. That's kind of to be expected. But no, nah, health wise, no headache, no reflux with the Emeprazole tablets that I'm on since that uh, gastro gastroscopy thing. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty clear of COVID, but as I say, we got to do the test and find out. Um, yes, as Victory says, great vlog with Paul. That was good fun. I can't believe we went for another two and a bit hours again. Oh, well, hopefully we'll do it again. So the fair itself, enjoyable overall. I mean, certainly I think I preferred previous Essen fairs where some of the other bigger publishers were there, but that's not to say that this one was not enjoyable. I just think that maybe previous fairs when it was like oh really grandiose felt a little bit more because I felt like I'd done a lot of what I needed to do after a couple of days there hence I was doing some volunteering although I'll probably do more volunteering in the future actually so because I was helping out portal this time for I think I did six hours one day six hours now I think I did 12 hours and no, was it 12 or maybe eight? I don't know. I lost count. Honestly, I was just having fun with them. I was demonstrating a dreadful circus with basically that was all they were looking at. And it's a cool little game. I gave it a review a while back. Gave it, I think I gave it a seven out of 10, you know, oh no, well, six out of 10. Okay. So it's, it's fine. I, you know, I like it. I don't think it's the best games in sliced bread, but it is a bit of a laugh with the creepy circus cards. And it was a good little social, not a social deduction, more of a negotiation game with the players trying to get cards off each other and offering, you know, various currency in order to buy them. When you're teaching it to a lot of new people, it does make for some good fun laughs because 
everybody has their own screen, everything's in secret, and you secretly put stuff in tuck boxes in order to offer to other players who are offering their cards to the group. And there's a lot of banter and interaction. You can trash talk each other's box, you know, like don't open his box, it's rubbish. I've got the most because you have to look at one box at a time and you can't return to it once you've declined it. It's a neat little party game. I just, like I say, I'll play it every now and again. I've given it to my game cafe, but that's about as far as I'll go with it. Although I'm probably done with this game because, um, <laughs> yeah, I only did a... After t two days of going through this game over and over, I think I'm done with it for a while. Uh, but I'm pretty certain, yeah, it was only about eight hours. It might be more, though, because I think I went to them at two o'clock each day and then left at seven. So maybe I did ten hours. Hmm, as I say, I don't know, but it was ten hours well spent. I love the Portal gang. They're a great family unit. And we went for, um, as well as getting a copy of Dune House Secrets to review, which I definitely will be going through. In fact, uh, this just in, I will be going to watch the movie on Thursday. It officially gets first showings in the UK on Thursday, and I will be watching Dune for the first time ever. I'm going to learn about Dune and what it actually is, rather than just get snippets from friends. So, it's been getting good reviews, so hopefully the movie is that good. But yes, I do have a copy of Dune House Secrets, and yes, I will be playing it, and yes, I will be reviewing it, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, this should be pretty sweet. But on top of that, uh, Portal took me out to, uh, what do you call it, a, a tapas restaurant. I forget what it was called, Palemo? Uh, I think it was Pel or Paleda. I don't know. It was a Spanish tapas restaurant in Germany. Go figure, really. That's a weird combination. But good food, even though they were busy as you like, and it took a while to get our food out. But the weirdest thing is that, bear in mind, there was about, what, like 20 of us there? Quite a big group. And we basically just ordered a bunch of tapas meals. Um, hmm. German writing. Spanish menu, and we ordered tapas. Okay, um, we basically had a ton of stuff arrive, but we couldn't tell what was what. So we essentially played the equivalent of tapas bingo in order to just get food passed around. And it's like, well, I like a bit of that, and a bit of that, and a bit of that, and a little bit of this. And it was it was good food, and I certainly got my fill. But I don't entirely know what it was I was eating half the time. But it was a good laugh, as I say. Got a t-shirt, got a game, got some promos and memorabilia and that. And I love Ignacy and the gang. So this was this was good fun. And I think from now on, I am definitely going to be doing volunteering at Essen each year because it is costly going to Essen. And if you do a decent amount of hours with a publisher, they can, you know, you can go stay with them at a hotel. They can get you the exhibitor pass and that. And it's it's worth it. You might think, well, hang on, I'm cutting out a ton from the convention. Not entirely, because with the Exhibitor Pass, you can get into the show on, like, Wednesday while they're setting up, or first thing in the morning before people arrive, and you can go around and do your buying then. So you get your, you essentially make up for the fact that you're doing volunteer work by going into the show outside of normal hours to do what you need to do. So that works really well, and... Normally, I've been like, oh, I'll just do a little bit of volunteering, not too much. Like, I usually helped out the Dice Tower booth. But, yeah, this was fun. And I think next year I'll do some proper volunteering, like a good 12, 16 hours worth for a publisher. You know, do a really good amount of that. And who will I do it for? No idea. Portal, Empress 4, CGE. Oh, blimey, phone went off there. That is highly unprofessional of a live stream podcast, which will turn that off right now. But, yeah, so it was good fun. 
uh, Dreadful Circus, cool little game if you want to check it out. But yes, I will do a review of Dune House Secrets. Have no fear of that. Uh, but should I play this before or after I watch the movie? I think I'm going to wait till after. I'm going to watch the movie on Thursday, and I think I'll give this a good playthrough on the weekend, and so that it's a little bit more familiar, because I apparently you can play this game without knowing anything about Dune. I'm going to be the judge of that myself. However, I don't know if I want to get into this game with zero knowledge of Dune. I think I need to really at least have some basic awareness of what on earth it is. Otherwise, I think I'll just be completely lost. So... Let's see, uh, what best to talk about next? Uh, well, I got a bunch of games, although I might let the chat help me with this. Was there any other highlights of the show in general, though? Uh, I mean, it was great seeing everybody. Uh, that's kind of half the reason I go to Essen, is to get face-to-face uh, -face meetups with all of you out there. So those of you who did come and say hi, gave me a hug, gave me a fist bump, whatever you preferred, and just said hi, even took a selfie with a few people, then thank you. All right, thank you for doing that, because... I really do appreciate those who support the channel, whether it's Patreon or even just giving me a shout out every now and again on social media or even just coming up to say hi at a convention. It means a lot. It keeps me motivated to keep doing the show. And it's nice to put some names to faces. There are some people who have messaged me on social media for a while. that I've never met them in real person until now. And now I can go, yes, name to a face. And I look forward to seeing them again. So definitely, if you ever do see me at a convention, say hi. Do not be afraid to that I'm busy or anything like that. You come and say hi, honestly. It, I would rather you did that than shy away. Um, uh, the only other highlight I can remember was a little anecdote where I felt like I was so ashamed to be British. I mean, let's face it, there's more than one reason to be ashamed to be British. But... I had a, because I don't speak German, I haven't spoken like decent German since GCSE German, I was in a subway restaurant, poor girl couldn't understand a word of English that I was saying, I couldn't understand the German that she was saying, I had an Albanian, at least I think it was an Albanian, next to me, speaking fluent German, translating my order to her in the subway restaurant, he said like, oh it's okay, we had the same problem when we moved here. So an Albanian is speaking German to translate my English to another German. I've never been more ashamed to be a British in my life. You know, we can barely speak our own language. And yet I've got a complete stranger here, speaks three fluent languages. Seriously, what is wrong with our country? We can't speak any other languages. We are so selfish in this regard. Oh, English is the popular language. I don't care. We should be able to speak more languages. Take a decent... Swig a drink there. Right. What next? Uh, done highlights. Done thanks for everybody. Done the portal booth. All right, then. Well, let's just talk about games. Uh, tell you what, I'm going to throw this to the chat and let the chat uh, throw out a few questions. And I'm just going to um, answer them in there. So ask, any, ask away. You know, this will be interesting for a podcast episode. Basically, ask some stuff. I'll answer them. You know, what game did I buy? Did I try this? Did I see this? You know, whatever. What do you want to know? So... You know, let's see what you've got to say. So, the Hexy Beast was Megapulse at Essen. Megapulse? I'm not aware of what Megapulse was. Megapulse. What was Megapulse? Uh, I'm guessing not because A, I haven't heard of it, and B, it says 2022 as a release. And from the look of it, it's this weird anti-gravity racing in a dystopian future. It's got a very neon-esque board. I can't quite see what's going on in any of these pictures 
but maybe it could be fun. I do like racing games, but yeah, that is a little bit hard to to see. But no, I didn't see this anywhere, and I'm not aware of anybody that did. Oh well, we'll see. Anyway, um, play Dune House Secrets before and after watching the movie. Maybe that's not a bad idea, as long as Dune House Secrets doesn't have spoilers. Although, how can it have spoilers? It's not based. It's it, you're not playing directly from the movie. Uh, I'd just say, but maybe I'll get time tomorrow. I could actually. Tomorrow I might have time in the evening to play one story of it, and then because Wednesday I've got to run my club, and then Thursday I'll go to watch it. So maybe that would be interesting for the review. It could come in handy, maybe. All right, what else we got? <laughs> Can you not just speak English with a German accent? Um, I don't. I'm not capable of doing that. <laughs> you know, is it a nine nine Honestly, I would sound like something out of Blackadder if I tried to do that. Not to mention how insulting that would be. Yeah, try talking louder. If you speak louder, it's easier to understand. No. <laughs> I, although sometimes you inadvertently do that when you're trying to talk to somebody and they don't quite understand you. Have you ever noticed that you either try to put on the accent or you do talk a bit louder? You don't even realize you're doing it. But for some reason, that translates in your mind as, you'll understand it more if I just talk louder. It's like, no, it's, it's wrong. Totally wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, your thoughts on Voidfall? Oh, this is a good one to start with. Yes, Voidfall. I had to play this. Um, I had to play this when I had two hours sleep. Yeah, that was a bit of a mission. But thankfully, they were very good at teaching it. And uh, I thank not only the person who gave me a coffee in the morning, uh, the coffee waitress, but also uh, Alley Cat Games, who very kindly donated me an energy drink to have whilst I was playing Voidfall. So I really needed that drink. Thank you very much, Alley Cat, for that. But yeah, I finally played it because I wanted to know if I wanted to back the Kickstarter. Voidfall being this massive game from... Oop, there we go. Massive game from Mind Clash Games. And as you know me, I like Mind Clash. A lot of stuff behind me, in fact... It's not behind me anymore, it's downstairs. But Tricarion, Anachrony, and Cerebria, I love all three of those games. And I have also backed uh, Perseverance, so I've got that on the way. So I was thinking, ooh, will this be five for five? But I was a little concerned. I thought this might be a bit too close to Eclipse. And it's probably closer to Eclipse than it is something like TI4. But the stuff that this I wanted from Eclipse, this kind of has... But it does it right. Eclipse to me feels like balance your checkbook in space. It doesn't feel like a space game in what any way, shape, or form. It just feels like a, you know, a kind of, well, an economic game with a space theme draped over it. Voidfall felt like a kind of hybrid of the two. Yes, you can build up an empire. Yes, you can go conquer stuff with deterministic combat. Yes, there's technologies that you can grab. But there's a bit more structure to this. You, like I say, deterministic combat, so it's not dice rolling. You know what you're going to hit, you know what you're going to defeat. Yes, there are technologies, but they're not random. They don't just magically pop up each round. They are specified by a scenario, and you you go and get them at that point. On top of that, you've also got the, the enemy to fight. You've got a competitive and cooperative scenario. You've got industries that you can build up in your own area to get production. So you've got all that kind of empire civ building, but you've also got the combat of building a bigger dreadnought ship and uh, going off and attacking the Voidborn, I think they were called. Uh, I forget the exact lore because I was paying more attention to my strategy for the... We only played one cycle. We played like... We got all the rules told and then we had one cycle of the whole thing. And 
you know, that was enough for me to know that I like this game. I do like it. Yeah, I backed it on Kickstarter, Galactic Box. I'm getting the whole lot. Uh, who knows, will I like it when I play a full game of it? But honestly, I kind of liked it. It's it, it didn't feel like an economic game because, I mean, yeah, money is something that you have, but then you've also got science and energy and minerals. So it wasn't just simply, I have cash. And the card system in this I really enjoyed as well. You've got a selection of cards that default that give you the actions that you do but there's three actions on each and when you play them you can only do two of them unless you spend certain trade tokens and that and all do all three but with these cards you're thinking oh but i really could use that right now but maybe i need this for later i want to do all three actions but i can't but if i do this i'll get the token so i can do all three actions and it it's just a clever little hand management system originally you had to program your entire like five cards around that you play with this <laughs> I'm so glad they stopped that in the in the design. No, no, no. You just play one at a time and you resolve them. Now, this is going to be a long game. I mean, this is going to be like three to four hours plus easily. It is a long game. But the asymmetry of the factions, all the different technologies, the two different modes. I've got high hopes for this one. I enjoyed what I've seen so far. And I was basically going down the for science <laughs> for all the science route where I basically just sat on two hexes and built up a ton of population very quickly with terraforming technology. And so I could produce a lot each round, including more science, which gets more techs. You know, I just had to shore up my defenses for the late game. It was really good. But to skip ahead for a question that's related to this, uh, I got asked, how does Voidfall compare to Zyre? Now, that is interesting because I do have Zyre. This is, there is very little luck in this game. That is the biggest uh, difference. Zaya has a lot of luck. You are like drawing cards, you're rolling dice continuously, even just to move. This one, you don't roll dice to move. Combat is deterministic. All the technologies are available. I'm not even aware of anything in this game that is luck, apart from the flipping of some occasional tokens you get as rewards when you go off and kill stuff. That's about it. That's about as much luck as there is. The rest of it is kind of all there, really. All there for you to see. Now, Zyre is definitely, I think, more thematic. I mean, it's not to say that this game has no theme. This one definitely has a theme. But Zyre is dripping with theme. I mean, the, the pick-up-and-deliver aspect, the shooting of the scoundrel ship, the uh, enforcer that comes after you, going off and exploring all the different like stuff in space, like nebulas and meteorites and a comet that comes by and obliterates half the map or something. There's definitely... Definitely more theme in Zyre, but both are pretty heavy games to learn. Zyre is definitely shorter this one. Uh, Zyre is kind of like your Amerifrashi style game. This is definitely your big main heavy Euro. Both are pretty well produced in terms of component quality. Yeah, there's definitely enough di differences. But yeah, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing and I look forward to getting it next, uh, well, next year, I suppose. Cool, blimey. The throat's really coming in. It's a good thing this is only going to be about an hour. And yeah, nice drink of chamomile tea. All right, what else we got? David Jackson asks, On the Board Game Geek Essen hot list, there seemed to be a lack of medium weight games. Did Essen actually reflect that? From what I played, 100% yes. In fact, Paul and I were talking about uh, this on the drive home, where I was contemplating that like, I couldn't really have a highlight game for the convention. I mean, maybe Voidfall was one of my favorites, but... Even then, I've only played one cycle of it. So 
I couldn't really name a favorite game, and I was really annoyed that the convention was mainly focused on really heavy, like heavy or super heavy Euros, because I go by the way of gateway, light, medium, heavy, super heavy. That's my um, like categories. And the idea with that is, I, I thought that Botoku, Voidfall, uh, what else was there? Uh, Ark Nova, Boon Lake, uh, uh, I try to think, this, uh, there were definitely others, there were definitely others there, Golem, yeah, there was a lot of games there that were heavy Euros, I don't remember any midweights being there though, I didn't get a chance to play uh, Shinkansen, I think it was, it was, uh, um, let me see if I can find the name of it, or if I can spell it, but it was basically a case of, like you were building a train to, uh, oh, there we go, yeah, Shinkansu Zero Kai, there it is, down at the bottom there, and um, I might have pronounced that wrong, but basically this one was building a train to, like, deal with the, with the Japanese Olympics or something, I think, let me read the blurb, uh, whoop, here we go, uh, let's see, the Dekaido line of the Shinkansen began built in 1959 with the aim of inaugurating the fastest train at the time just before the 64 Tokyo Olympics. Alright, so you basically built that famous train line. Well, what was this, 60 minutes, so probably 90 minutes, wait two and a half. This might have been a mid-weight Euro that I could have really enjoyed, but I never got a chance to play it. So, I I can't comment on that, but there was nothing else there that I think was a mid-weight Euro. There just really wasn't. No other game I could think of, really. You know, all the games that I mentioned before are definitely heavier games. And I agree with you, David, uh, that medium weight is, tends to be where I'm the happiest, which is one reason why I thought I was a bit let down with the games on offer. I suppose there was one midweight. I suppose it's midweight. I don't know. It felt light-ish, but maybe it's the closest thing to midweight. Was Gutenberg. Gutenberg. This was really popular at Grana Games. And I played it. I played it uh, in a demo form, so I played two rounds out of six or seven, I can't remember, I don't think it really matters, but it was like very rinse, repeat, but Gutenberg was kind of the hotness for Graner, actually, you know, there was getting a lot of people playing the demo, everybody was like, ooh, this is a bit different theme-wise, so, you know, what could I get out of this one, and ooh, look, these font tokens look amazing, and they're a complete gimmick, yeah, they are, they're a complete, sorry, there we go, they are a complete gimmick, because you don't do anything with these apart from just hold them in front of you. That's it. Whoopie-doo. They don't slot into a machine or do anything cool. They literally are just placeholders. Not exactly what you want from something that was beefed up to look that good. But this is all just pictures of the components. I'm trying to show something of the actual game here. Here we go. That will do. So Gutenberg is like you're running like a printing press office or a printing office and you are basically fulfilling orders. So you get the orders for different inks, specializations and letters. You get the inks and the specializations to actually fulfill those orders. You build up this little cog system, which is, I guess, thematic with it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It feels like it's a bit tacked on um, to do little combinations where you spin the cogs and different actions can come forth. And then you've got these patrons at the bottom that give you some other bonuses. It's dry. Yeah, this is pretty dry. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like I'm doing a printing press scene. It's quite a dry game. It's just iconography and actions. But it was okay. You have an initiative system where you have this screen and a board with different actions on it for corresponding to the five actions on this board. I think it was one, two, three, four, five actions. And you 
you use these black cubes to mark each action for initiative. So do you want to go first in that particular action? You do it in secret, you reveal, and then you resolve all the actions in that initiative order. So I like that system, but for 50 euros, I don't know, this one just didn't wow me enough. It was fine, I'll play it, but seven rounds sounds like it will get very rinse repeat very, very quickly. There wasn't really much theme in there, so I, and yeah, I don't know, it just kind of like went meh. I've played it, I'm good. If I never see it again, then fine. If I get a review copy, I'll review it, but I don't know, I'm not too fussed about seeing that one. Okay, but yeah, no, no other medium weights that I can think of, although, as uh, Vinny is mentioning, um, Icky. Uh, seems to be an unsung gem of the convention and to be fair after watching Tom Vassell's review I'm pretty interested to see about this Iki myself uh, what weight is it 2.9660-90 so this is a midweight game then maybe this is the midweight game to look out for it's I think getting released in the UK next week and I I have to admit I've passed on this one thinking it wouldn't be that good but it got a it got a Seal of distinction from Tom Vassell and a lot of other people like it, so maybe it is really good. I don't know, maybe I should invest in this one. In fact, to be honest, yeah, I'm very tempted to. We shall see. But I, I couldn't get into this one for a demo, so maybe this is the uh, surprise I need. Who knows? We'll go with it. No Stroganoff or Hippocrates demo from Game Brewer. No, I don't think Stroganoff had a demo for it. I think it was just showing it off. And Hippocrates did have a table, but... Well, I mean, I had to choose my games, but I didn't really get into this one. I, I mean, the theme doesn't overly... I don't know, I was, I was half tempted by the theme, but people who played it said the theme isn't really that strong in it. And it's like, well, that's a shame because the theme was kind of half attractive. Now, it is a looker. I do think it's a very nice looking game, but people who had played it weren't... I wasn't getting that much in the way of buzz over it. Like, people weren't going, Oh my god, this game's amazing, you should totally play it. I was just getting a lot of, Meh, it's cool, it's fine. And that didn't really motivate me to go and play it that desperately. And I didn't have enough time anyway. So I I gave this one a skip. I'll, I'll play it if I see it. You know, certainly. But I'm waiting to... I'll, I'm willing to wait for a proper retail release for this. Uh... Tindaya, no, I didn't play that one either. Tindaya, well, I saw it, but nah, it didn't really, like, uh, the first bite is with the eye. It's got to be the case when it comes to these. And actually, I don't think Tindaya was even being demoed. Not to my knowledge. I don't remember seeing this board layout or anything anywhere. I think it was being sold, but I didn't feel like like buying it at the time. So is it any good? I don't know, but I've heard no one talk about this game, so I kind of just gave it a pass and figured I would wait. Uh, what do we got then? What was the biggest positive surprise? As I said, there was sadly not a lot of games that blew my mind at Essen, although I'm going to give a little mention to Dive. Dive, not so much a surprise, but innovative gem. You know, it's not a game that I would play all the time because this is clearly for like younger families, uh, kids, or, like gateway gamers. But I'm going to give it props. Maybe I should try and get a copy of this and actually do a review because I think it kind of deserves it. This is from I think it was was it Sit Down Games? I think it was Sit Down Games, and this is really innovative because I basically said uh, that 
I really like innovation in my games. I said it on Paul's stream the other day. Same goes for this. I like to see something new and different in a game. So what you do here, you have this big stack of translucent like little sheets there. And the idea is, is that you stare down at them and it's got pictures of fish and sharks and some cutouts and that. And the idea is, is that you're trying to race to the front of this track by guessing where the fish are and which layers. Behind a screen, you place these tokens numbered one to five with two different sides, one for protect against shark and one for don't care about shark. And you're trying to guess which layer the fish are on. So you're looking down and thinking, hmm, there's a manta ray there. That'd be good. How deep is that? It uh, looks like it's the second layer, but it's quite dark. I don't know, maybe it's the third layer, we'll see. And you make the little bets behind the uh, behind the screen to like guess which layer you're going to go to. This represents the theme so well, really well. You, you think, how do you get diving as a theme in a game? This, because you are trying to predict how far you dive, and if you bust, like you get it wrong, you lose the rest of your dive, you come back to the surface. If you get, like, if you're not protected against a shark and you come across a shark, again, you bust and you have to go back up. And some of the little bits have got cut out holes so that it looks like it's uh, deeper than it actually is. It's a really novel little system, well produced, you know, lovely and like, a beautiful looking game, but it does that theme so well. You know, for diving for a light game. So this could, I can't really say it's like a hidden gem. Because it's, as I say, it's not like I'm going to buy this game and keep it for myself. But I'm going to recommend it to my game cafe. And definitely suggest they should grab a copy of this game. Because look at that cover. Where's that cover? Give me the cover. Give me the cover. There you go. Isn't that not one of the most beautiful covers you've seen for a board game in a long time? Can you imagine at a game cafe that somebody will easily pick that up off the shelf and want to play it? And it's simple enough that they can. This would definitely be one of my recommendations for a gateway game for 2021. And maybe I should grab a copy of this and at least review it. Because I feel like it does deserve a bit of extra buzz, really. It's just a novel idea. And it works very well. So, this would definitely be one. Hello to John. Hadn't noticed the stream. Yeah, this was a complete like last-minute thing. I mean, I spent a little bit of time listening to... Well, I had to get my dinner, and then I had to sort out some other bits at home, a few uh, little side client stuff, and then I decided to listen to like Board Gaming Ramblings live stream that they've just been doing for a bit, you know, like just hide in the background, you know, because I was doing other things, and then I decided, right, you know, what well, I'm, you know, well, before then I thought like before I even knew they were doing one, it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a live stream of this. So this is very impromptu, so I'm not expecting loads of people to be around, but thank you if you do turn up. Um. Not SN, but great Hanamakoji reviews over the SN period. Yes, thank you for that. I was definitely like thinking, well, I can't give you something to look at while I'm away because I can't leave you for a week with nothing. Because let's face it, you were essentially, you know, like at me saying, no, come on, where's the next bit of the top 100? Where's the next bit of the top 100? It's like, come on, need it. So I decided to do a few reviews over the course of the week and. If you want to check out those, you can. I'm not going to talk too much about them now, but Settlement did the Blitz review early in the week. Then I did the Beyond the Base Game video for the mini expansions to Hanamakoji. And then I also did the Blitz review for Geisha's Row, which is basically the Meteor sequel to Hanamakoji. So there's free videos there to keep you tied up. What's the next video going to be? 
Top 100, yep, i got to record it. Maybe I'll get time to do it tomorrow. But I will be cracking on with that and trying to get that finished so I can get on with reviewing these Essen games. So, yeah, I will get on with recording and editing the 30 to 21. Yep, <laughs> 30 to 21, get it right, post-haste. Okay, so don't worry, we're getting back on course. Oh, speak of the devil, board game ramblings are here. So, <laughs> hello, hello to Joe, hello to Sonova. It was great seeing you both there. Oh, I wish I could have spent more time with you in the evenings, but I don't know where you got to, really. I ended up being with Paul, Hilmar, and a couple of, and a few others, and obviously Portal, I was going out with them for dinner on a Saturday night. So, but got to see you during the day, and it was great to see you, definitely. And it looks like you went away with a ton of stuff. I don't blame you, and certainly I was not prepared to queue for 90 minutes like you did to to go get Ark Nova, but oh well, <laughs> you queued and you got it, so I'll be looking forward to see what your thoughts are on that one. Who else we got here? Hello to Jonathan, hello to Lanel, hello to Dutch Yoda. I loved your video about Hanimakoji expansions, do you know when they are available? Um, they were available at Essen to buy, but I believe they're coming out pretty soon in the next few weeks, but there's a Kickstarter with Empress 4 for Geisha's Road at the end of this month, and I think they're going to be included on that as well. So by the end of October, we should get an update as to when they are like readily available. But definitely, the Hanamakoji expansions are a must-buy if you're a fan of the game. And hello to David Gillum as well. Right, we got to get some more questions. Come in, talk about games. All right, while I'm waiting for some questions, let me find another game for you. Another game that I played. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Nope. Okay. Uh, what, what highlight? Well, let me tell you one thing I did buy. Remember on Paul Grogan's uh, stream uh, when I said what's the most anticipated game I wanted? Well, it was an expansion. Yeah, <laughs> it was an expansion. I did make a beeline for this. Uh, you know, Paul Grogan was very nice to, you know, you know, to recommend this one. And I've got it. I have it. I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to put. Oh, maybe I could take this on Wednesday. Oh, but then I might have to teach new people to the club. I don't know. I, I want to get this played. I want to play this expansion so much. It's so simple as well. It just adds more cards, more research tracks, and asymmetric powers. Nice and simple. Nothing overly complicated. It just adds more variety to one of my... No, to my favorite game of 2020. You know, this is such a blast, and I cannot wait to try out some of these new guardians, some of these new effects, the new research tracks with different routes and different requirements. I mean, I can already see here, you've got to use actual travel cards in order to go up some of these, and there's ways to get, like, other artifacts as you go through the research track. Nice, I am liking that. More stuff. Uh, look at that cat. Look at the cute little kitty cat. Little kitty. Little kitty. Uh, as soon as that cat is coming out, I guarantee you everyone is going to buy that card. The cat is not going to be scrapped off the row. Either I or someone else is buying a cat every time it turns up. I guarantee you. But this is a cute little kitty. Love little kitty. Uh, cursed idol. Use any one of the idol slot effects printed on your board. That's pretty sweet. Mm, I like that one. Uh, coffee. Oh, I certainly buy coffee. I'm going to buy cat and coffee. I'm going to buy both of these cards. They sound amazing. In fact, coffee is pretty good, actually. A compass and refresh one of your assistants. But here's my favorite stuff here. These asymmetrical powers. Now, I don't know what they all do, okay? I only got a brief description of some of them. But just to put it in context here, 
you've got this falcon falconer lady who has like a special track with the falcon wings that allows her to do various abilities that sounds pretty cool uh uh, come on, can we see any more? Uh, this guy looks like he's pretty good when it comes to research and artifacts, because he's definitely got something over here that hints that he's good at artifacts. But I met with the designer, um, Elwyn, uh, who was there, and he told me about some of these in basic detail. And the two that I know most about, well, most of that, I say, he gave me a very brief description here, were these two. The like the spirit soothsayer dude and the rich lady, as I go, the baroness or something. Uh, let's see if I can find a close up. Ah, oh, there he is. Hey, he's a very jolly chap. He's very, very friendly. Gotta hand it to him. But this spirit dude apparently generates fear cards, but can do cool stuff with the fear cards. Okay, cool. So you're like playing around with something that's normally a negative. That's a pretty sweet idea. Whoops, yeah, careful with the pictures there. But the Baroness lady down here, she apparently gets like extra money and helps her to basically buy item cards. I think she starts off with some stuff at the beginning of the game as well. So the first time I played this where I just basically try to buy every item in existence, that's basically what this lady does. So six people, six very different ways to play the game. Do you have any idea how much I am gagging to play this expansion? <laughs> you know, I haven't played it solo yet, but I haven't got time to. I really want to take this on Wednesday to my game club and play it. I can only hope that I'll be able to keep my table to four people and play this. But if not, oh, you bet on the weekend I'm going to invite people to dice and play this. I cannot wait. This was definitely my most looked forward to game of Essen by far. And it was an expansion. What does that say about the rest of the games of Essen? I don't know. All right, let's get my tea back. Ah, lovely. Right. Well, so we got any more questions on that? Uh, I think that was a lot of people's most anticipated game. Yeah, that makes sense. I like Arnap, but I backed Endless Winter. Was that a good decision? I'd say so. I backed Endless Winter, but I also have Arnak, so I'm going to have both. So I think the better decision was to have both. What do we got there? What big Essen game will you play review after the Arnak expansion? Okay, which one am I thinking of getting to the table first? Well, certainly I need to get Dune House Secrets to the table first because of the proximity of the movie. So that's definitely going to be one of the earlier ones. I also do have to, and this isn't an Essen release, but I do have a copy of Circadian's Chaos Order over there on the table and I've had that since pre-Essen and I do need to get on with learning and playing that one because of the upcoming Kickstarter so that might have to be one of the ones that takes priority for the moment but if we're talking just Essen games Golem might be the first one I get played and reviewed on the basis that my friends want me to show them that game along with Red Cathedral Sharpish. And I should be seeing them on Friday, maybe, or at least playing stuff with them on Friday. So that one probably will be one of the first ones that I get to give the beans. But then again, I do have some smaller games, like uh, Macaroon from Empress 4, and a couple of other small, like, like funky little card games that I want to take to the Wednesday Club as well. In fact, I'll explain Macaroon to you actually let's see if i can spell it right because i'm moron and can't spell how do you spell macaroon <laughs> so m-a-c-a okay okay this is problematic how do you spell macaroon <laughs> i have no idea how to spell macaroon it's like somebody help me how do you spell macaroon uh let's try a google search <laughs> 
Yep, this is where like anybody who's listening to the podcast gets to listen to somebody get frustrated over the inability to spell macaroon. I'm pretty certain it was called macaroons or macaroons. Is that it? Yeah, here we go. Yeah, macaroons. Okay, right. Let's try this one. BGT macaroons. Is that it? There we go. Ha ha. Or was it macaron? Oh, whatever. <laughs> Insert name. <laughs> Insert name here. That's not even the correct spelling, according to David there. So we'll see. But this one I picked up from, is it Impress 4? Or is it actually, I don't know, Sunrise Tornado Game Studio? Um, but basically, I think I spoke to the uh, designer there, like it was kind of like his game. And it was at the Empress 4 stand. It's 2021. It hasn't had full release yet. But I like these little games that are just charming, colourful, and like I say, I was getting fed up with seeing heavy Euros everywhere. I thought I would pick up something nice and small. I picked up Diamonds, the second edition of Diamonds from Stronghold. I picked up uh, something called Free Little Wolves from Empress 4 because they wanted me to review that one. I've got things like Sherlock 13 and Air, Land and Sea from Empire, from Arcane Wonders. But I picked up this one because I'm getting into trick-taking games again. And this is some pretty light, kind of like fluffy trick-taking game, one to five players. It looked very nice. It had a nice little box. And the idea is from one to five players, you're essentially playing a trick-taking game, a number of rounds, and each round ends when 13 tricks have been played or someone's prepared at least eight boxes. But the idea is, is that you play a typical trick-taking game, but you're trying to avoid... Oh, as you're building, as you're making macaroons, you're baking macaroons, but you're trying to not let allergens go into the tricks that you're making because they do, you won't be able to prepare boxes. There's a few other little bits that I'm not like, I got a very brief description, but I just thought it looked very pretty and charming. So I wanted to give it a look, uh, you know, uh, and I figured it would be a quick game that I could get to the table nice and easily with the group on Wednesday, and we'll see how it does. As I say, nice, cheap leather game. Okay, what do we got then? Do, do, do. Next up. Let us know how Dune House Secrets is. I love the detective games for all the reasons you do. And I started Vienna Connection, but that took a long hiatus to continue. So I'm going to restart this week. Yep, I'll let you know what Dune's like. I'll do a full review. And Vienna Connection I enjoyed as well. Although some didn't, and I can see why. Detective is the challenge one, whereas Vienna Connection is more about the experience. The theme is so solid. It's a really good representation of Poland Cold War. But you don't really lose it. You just don't find out certain story elements. So you're kind of just going through the motions and experiencing the game. Now, the experience is good and interesting, but you're not going to lose. There's no, like, overall challenge. It's easier than the other detective games, but it's still worth it. It's a it's a fun spin-off, even though the normal detectives are better. Let's have a look. Uh, does any new Arnak character come with an extra adventurer pawn? Good question. I didn't see one, but I haven't opened the box yet, and Elwyn didn't mention one. But I will do a video on that expansion, though. I'll do a Beyond the Base game video for the Arnak expansion, so don't worry, I will be certainly providing details. Alright, let's think of another game. That I've... Well, actually, somebody did mention Golem. Did someone mention Golem? Oh, no, there was actually questions back. Alright, hang on, let's go back up the chart. Yeah, let's have a look. Ooh, good by me. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of questions. Man, I missed you all. And we got some new faces. Hello, Gee Whiz. Oh no, sorry. Oh no. Yep, that is the next one. What are your thoughts on Botoku? Too bad I didn't see your Essen at Portal Games. Anyway, keep up good work. Ah, oh, I should have come along to Portal. I was 
uh, there was a few people that did come up and say hi while I was on the portal booth, but you should have come and said hi. But Botoku, I've not played it yet because I couldn't get into a demo because they didn't tell people that there was a registration form for it. Like, stupid. And then they only had two tables and they were playing full-length games. Publishers, if you are listening, stop it with the full games for your giant heavy Euros, okay? Get demo tables. Have a mixture of the two. In fact, Gutenberg, Grana Games, give props to Grana Games. They had a registration form for all the tables, and you could do either full game or demo. Two hours or three quarters of an hour. Brilliant idea. Have a mixture. Thousands of people come through the door at Essen, so why not let thousands of people enjoy your game? But Botoku was just a nightmare to get into a demo, and I just could not do it. I do, however, have a copy of the game, so I will be playing it and eventually re uh, reviewing it. In fact, I had to buy two copies because a friend of mine wanted it. But while my initial thoughts, I have concerns. It does look gorgeous. It is a very nice looking cover and it is a gorgeous looking board. It's also a very busy board. Can you make out what any of this stuff is? Because I can't. <laughs> it looks all over the place. The rule book wasn't the easiest thing to read when I glanced over it. It felt like it was kind of like badly structured. The other thing is that this is, but this is David, oh, what do you call it? David Devere's, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, no, Devere Games, David? What's David about? Devere Games' first big heavy Euro. You know the phrase, walk before you run? Or run before you walk, sorry. This is kind of what this kind of feels to me. I, I'm worried that this is, I mean, 3.74, that's not a light game. Two hours minimum playing time, practically. I'm worried that this is just going to be too heavy or too convoluted, too all over the shop. Like, this stuff is not going to make sense. It's going to be a chore to learn and play. But I look forward to trying it. But this might be, this could be one of the contenders for the year that falls victim to the being overhyped thing. Because I am a little concerned about what is going to be involved with this game just from a mechanic standpoint. But hopefully it's good. Hopefully it lives up to that hype. But yeah, it does look like it's thrown everything in the kitchen sink in there, doesn't it? All right, what do we got? Uh, hello, Ashley, the lovely Ashley. Did you get to play the new Azul? No. And you know why? Because you couldn't get into the wretched game. You had to queue for this like massive long queue to get into any of the plan B tables, no matter what games they were. So every time I felt like, oh, maybe I'll go check out Azul, there would be a good 24 people waiting to get into a game. I'm sorry, Azul does not deserve that much time for me to queue for a game of Azul. And almost everybody, almost everybody who has played the game has said it was bad. Or worse than other results. I'm not joking here. A lot. I think I saw like one person, maybe Hilmar. I can't remember. Or was that maybe sarcastic? I don't know. But one person I think said it, they liked it and they hadn't played the other results before. But all I'm getting is fairly negative feedback about this one. About like there being just too many rules, like two rules too many for what is supposed to be a simple game. Uh, AP potential for having to deal with colors and patterns. And frankly, I'm fed up with this. Azul was already a great game originally. Sintra added extra luck. It made it bad. Pavilion added extra length, which made it worse. This one looks like it's doing a bit of both, and I'm sorry, the original Azul just looks like it will stand better. Will I get to play this? 
I hope so. I hope to at least try it. So if I can get a review copy, I will. And I'll certainly give it the beans. It will be an easy one to get a review done because I'll be able to play this like, you know, 10 times in the space of a day. But yeah, I wasn't getting good feedback from it. So I would be a little bit hesitant to go mad on rushing out for this until some reviews start coming in for this game. Maybe Azul has been milked to death and it's time to put this one to bed. Uh, what have we got then? Uh, what do you think about backing Lords of Ragnarok? I've no idea. I've, I mean, it's another one of those big miniature games and stuff like that. And I only have so much like money for Kickstarter games. I mean, it is Awakened Realms, which is a contender. You know, Awakened Realms does make some great stuff for me. But I think the reason I haven't looked at this one that much is not even. There's only one picture for it. So that's kind of lacking. Um, is it actually on? Oh, re-implements Lords of Hellas. I didn't realize it was a re-implementation. Oh, that's interested me a bit more because I never played Lords of Hellas. I wanted to, but I heard it was it had balancing issues. If this re-implements it, then maybe I might be interested in this. Is it? Um, can you actually get this? What have we got here? Lords of Ragnarok Kickstarter. Is it already come and gone? What have we got here? Oh, it hasn't even released on Kickstarter yet, so it's just a draft page on GameFound. Okay, well, n oh, game campaign launches in two days, 18 hours. Okay, I will oh, follow to get a free gift. Yoink. Bookamibel.gmail.com. There we go. <laughs> Live following of a project. Yeah, all right, I'm going to follow this and give it a look. So if this is a, yeah, if this is a re-implementation of Lords of Hellas, I'm in. I'm into, well, not like to pledge. That does depend on how much it is because I already have Tainted Grail. <laughs> I already had a bad escapade with Efferfields, which I'm still waiting for the stretch goal so I can sell that one. I've got the Great Wall downstairs, which I still haven't even played. <laughs> I haven't had time to play it yet. So uh, I'm not desperate to get another big game that's going to suck up all my time, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe this one will be good. Okay, what do we got? Uh, Ledbretter, hello. Did you pick up Golem? It seems like you are being hot and cold on games by that team. Can't wait to see what you think. And yes, hot and cold is, well, to be fair, more cold than hot, I would certainly say. The Cranial Creations. Cranial Creations doesn't tend to make my, like, my type of game. It, you know, I just, it has to be said. I mean, everybody has their publishers that are their favourites. But if I go to Board Game Geek and just load up what they do... Cranio Creations. Do, 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 do. Here we go. Right. So here's the games they do. They didn't do Gaia Project. Oh, oh. Ah, they've brought a load of stuff. All right. Uh, there's got to be... Maybe I can go to the Cranio Creations website. That would be a better idea. Cranio Creations. Products. All products. All right. This is a little bit more useful. Okay. So, hot and cold, eh? I don't know what Irantis is. You know, I've heard no one talk about it. I hate Barrage. So that is not so much cold. That is freezing Arctic temperatures. That is like beyond Norwegian temperatures. Uh, Lorenzo, hate it. <laughs> hate it with a passion. Uh, I actually quite liked Masters of Renaissance. It was a simple engine building game and I like the marble system in it. More on that later. Uh, have not played Maharaja. I've never heard of McCain. That is the weirdest looking game I've ever seen. <laughs> Meow. What is that? Uh, Mystery House I got no interest in. So it's mostly cold for them with the exception of Newton. 
Newton is the one game from Cranial Creations that I've been a lot more positive about. Like, I've really gone for, like, Newton in particular. So, yeah, that, that one I like. I've got it on my shelf, in fact. So when it came to Golem, I thought, oh no, this is the same people who did Lorenzo. This is going to be one I hate, like, absolutely hate. But I thought, let's do a demo of it. Come on, let's be nice. You will play any game once, do a demo, and do a round, and give it some idea. I then also bought the game, well, to review mainly, but I enjoyed what I played of it. This one definitely has more similarities with Newton. Granted, this is not a looker. Look at that board, that is pretty bland, and it looks busier than it actually is in person. It, the photos make it look really busy, whereas up close it's actually not too bad. But it's pretty bland. That's a very, that is a Gloomhaven-style colour palette, and it looks horrible. But... The game itself was actually quite fun. It has the Newton similarities where you've got a lot of options, it's dry as a bone, but the options aren't complicated, but there's a good mix of them, and you can do all sorts, like build up your golem with better, with more abilities, build up your knowledge, you can get these like book cards that get you other cool bonuses. You've got this mechanic where you've got to move your students as fast as you can along these roads in order to get like unlock better bonuses and scoring, but you've also got the golems who move underneath them and trigger special powers, but if your golem gets too far away from your student, then they sort of run amok and make you lose victory points and stuff. And the action selection is marbles. Remember what I said about Masters of Renaissance? Yeah, uh, let's see, where's the marbles? That's a bit close up, but basically the marble action selection system is where you take a marble from a particular row, it triggers that action, and the power of that action is determined by the number of marbles in there. So it kind of reminded a bit of me a bit of Amerigo from Stefan Feld with the cube tower, but it basically has, right, Masters of Renaissance style marble selection with a bit of Newton. Combine the lot you get a game that actually made me enjoy the first round. Apparently, you can kill off your golems in here. I got a lot of laughs from the rest of the party because I refused to kill a golem. In fact, I refused to kill them so much, I spent the first round of the game upgrading them as much as I could, and I named one of them Jeff. All right, Jeff the golem. And I, I was like, no, I'm not killing any. And even when other players decided, yeah, I'm going to kill off a golem for this bonus, I was like, you monster. You monster. The Golem Uprising will get you. As a, I mean, this game is dry as a bone, but I can try and inject theme into any game. But yeah, I I thought it looked cool. And it's not, it's heavy. It's a heavy game. But I actually think it was one of the lighter, heavy games, if that makes sense, that was there. I mean, you want heavy, go play Ark Nova. Go play Botoku. Those games are heavy, heavy, heavy. But this one felt like it was kind of on that borderline of heavy. You know, definitely heavy, but, you know, pretty, pretty sweet. Oh, blimey, the questions have really come back. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, but, don't worry, Led, I got to your question. This is I'm catching up with them. Uh, how would you rate this year's Essen compared to last year's? As I said at the start of the video, I personally think previous Essens were better. I like having the wider range of publishers there. I felt I missed quite a few of them, particularly like some of the Asmodee group. I mean, there was no Seven Wonders Architect there unless you wanted to buy the German version. And I don't know, maybe I just wanted a bit more of that kid in the candy store feel. This one felt like a bit more condensed. It was still good fun. Still loved the trip, but I just think previous Essens were more fun. But what can you do? You're in the you're in the COVID season now. 
various macaroons. Dune, here we go, macaroon, macaroon. Okay, here we go. Oh, hello, Board Game Co. Oh, nice for turning up. How have you been? Uh, what have we got there? Uh, not at once, but once finishing the rules, it all makes sense. I wonder what that was relating to. Maybe that was a Batoku. Oh, that must have been related to Batoku. Okay, well, I'll have, like I say, I'll find out when I get a chance to play it. Yeah, long time no chat, mate. What have you been doing? <laughs> what have you been doing with yourself other than putting out content? Alrighty, what do we go? Um, you do not need to play a full game to know if you like should buy the game. 100% correct. Most people buy games without even playing them first. Again, 100% correct. <laughs> that is kind of the case. We do impulse buy quite a bit. But I do agree that, yeah, I... Just demo the game. You play one round of something, like Golem. I played one round of it and thought, this was worth buying to give it a review, okay? There are four rounds in the Golem, I think. They play the same. You just get slightly different bonuses later on, and the scoring happens. I don't care how the scoring happens. That's not why I buy a game. I don't buy a game for the scoring mechanic. Tell a lie. Fox in the Forest kind of half did that, but I digress. But... You know, once you've played one round of the game, if you are not enjoying the game after one round, it's not like the other few rounds are going to suddenly reverse your decision. You know, you can make a decision at that point. Uh, where do we go? Careful about Batogo, it is apparently not nice in French to say. Yeah, somebody, uh, somebody on my Twitter said this. Apparently, if you say Batoku in a particular way, there's a meaning in French that is not... Um, Mm, not exactly kosher, let's put it that way. I'm not going to go into detail about it now, but suffice to say, Google search that, because I'm curious. But certainly I think there might be some weird naming issues on there. Uh, what have we got? Uh, board Game Ramblings, like the new all. Okay. And? Yeah, I'm just joking. Yes, of course, right. <laughs> if they like it, I'm sure it's probably got some merits to it. But as I say, I said that some people liked it, so clearly they're one of them. Um, although they like everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But yeah, oh well, like I say, I'll give us all a try, but I'm not exactly looking forward to it. I mean, the original Azul so far is still the best. This one is going to have to pull some big rabbit out of the hat in order to suddenly go, hey, ta-da, this Azul is so much better. Let's have a look. <laughs> Some people in Norway like the new Azul. Yeah, that, apparently Norway likes Azul. Okay, fine. <laughs> what have we got? Oop. Ah, the chat skipped a bit. What have we got? Azul equals dollar, dollar, dollar. Uh, money, money, money. They will never put it to bed. Sadly. Yeah, that does seem to be the case. Hello, Z-Man. Pandemic. <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, you know, how much is that getting milked? Wrath of the Lich King pandemic. Really? Really? <laughs> Did I look into Shinkansen Zero Kai? Sadly, I couldn't get into a... Ooh, battery running low. Bear with me one sec. Ooh, right. There we go. Didn't have the battery in. <laughs> that would sound good on the podcast. But yeah. Did I play it? No, unfortunately, again. They were doing full games, not demos. There was only two tables. I couldn't get into a demo no matter how many times I tried. But I want to have a look at it. You know, so if I get a chance to play it, I will. If I get a chance for a review copy, I will. You know, it did look interesting. And it could be the midweight euro that I was hoping for. Uh, did I play Mind MGMT? I don't know if that was there to demo. And frankly, I think I watched the Dice Tower review of it and it just didn't impress me. I, I saw... 
I think they sort of liked it. They didn't all love it, but I watched it and I just thought, meh, yeah, wasn't. I don't. I don't think that one's one I'm gonna like. Uh, what do we got? Um, yep. <laughs> well, as they confirm, Azul was really good. Maybe it is. Who knows? Off topic, but seeing it on your shelf, you ever gonna go back for another run at Sleeping Gods? Yeah, had some bait, but <laughs> time permitting. But you know, I've done like a full campaign of it, and it was good fun. I've done. Actually, wait a minute, have I done? Oh no, I've done one full campaign, but yeah, certainly I will go back to it at some point. Hence, it's still on the shelf, and I look forward to it. But I'm I'm happy to bide my time. It's not like I've got enough things because really, when it comes to campaigns, Tainted Grail downstairs, Age of Legends, the third um campaign in the series, I really want to get that out because Descent, per the review I did, the campaign sucks. Well, sucks. All right, maybe that's a bit harsh. It's pretty meh. The campaign in Descent is very linear. The writing's not particularly good. It's fantasy tropes. And once you've played it once, you don't need to play it, like, ever again, really. And that I, I know I need to finish it because I've done, what, like, I think 11 or 12 of the scenarios now. And I think there's about 15 or 16. But I'm not that interested in the story or the characters. Whereas when I play something like Days of the Siege from This War of Mine or, like, you know, the Tated Grail stuff... I can't wait to jump into those campaigns. That's the feeling I want. Uh, there we go. I had the same problem that you had with Golem in the game village. I refused to let my workers die because they were my family members. <laughs> I lost, obviously. Yeah, I get what you mean. But like I say, I grow attached to my little pieces. My cute little pieces. Uh, what do we got? Uh, lots of hello since uh, Board Game Co. showed up. What do we got? Come on. Another question. i got to find one. Another game to buy for the scoring mechanic, Rajas of the Ganges. Touche. <laughs> Touche, Ashley. And uh, where do we go? Uh, I think there was this one game we didn't like that one time. The only one I know of, and that was... and You didn't exactly hate it, you just weren't the biggest fan of it, was Viscounts. Because you did a playthrough, and to be fair, kudos to you. You're one of the only people I've met who actually does a playthrough and then says a negative review about the game. <laughs> the amount of times it's like, we've done a playthrough. This is fantastic. Buy this game. Support our channel. It's like, no, you at least had the guts to go, I've played this game. I don't like it. <laughs> you know, great. <laughs> That's what I love. Uh, did I eat some good cakes while in Essen? Did I eat some good cakes? I had, oh god, I can't remember what the cake was called. <laughs> it's like Stritzenschneiser. Um, maybe I can find out. Uh, it was a German sweet pastry bread. I had it from the Essen restaurant that was there. But I don't know, it was, I don't know, Stritzenschneiser? Stritz, I don't know. It was just basically sweet pastry bread. But I can't find anything... That tells me what the name was. Um, German name, sweet pastry bread. Pudding Brazel. No, it wasn't that. I can tell. No, that's the name of a book. List of German desserts, Wikipedia. Let's have a look. Bavarian cream, Berliner, Beth Mansion, Barmakushin, Bratfuppel. I can't pronounce half of this stuff. Nope, this ain't this ain't going to go anywhere. To a, Oh, wait a minute. Ooh. Nope, that's not it. Struzel, Struzel cushion? No, I don't think it was that. No, I don't know. This is going nowhere. It was basically just, basically the German equivalent of an ice bun. It was some sweet tasting bread with like icing cream and stuff like that over it. It was a nice little cake. That was about it. Apart from that, that was about it really. <laughs> so, <laughs> although I did have some Stroot Ruffles. Yeah, you can't go to Essen without having some Stroot Ruffles. Uh, there we go. There we got there. That's next up. 
I looked up the Botoku French name. The phrase is rather obscene, but nothing spectacularly interesting. Okay, as I say, go Google for it. Um, I've already mentioned what I said about the Voidfall, because that was the first thing I talked about on the channel. I liked it. I enjoyed my play of it. I backed it on Kickstarter. Can't wait to get more of it. Uh, let's uh, stuff about the scent. Okay. Hello to Marco. How you doing? Let's see. I'm sure I've recently seen that wall behind you in another live stream. I don't know what you mean. Uh, I don't know what you mean at all. There's no way that this wall was behind me in any other live stream at all. You know, you clearly must be mistaken. Why is it taking me so long to make this uh, joke work? Oh, whatever. Ah! Uh. <laughs> yeah, the scary, scary man, scary man, scary man. But yeah, we did, we did do a vlog. Here we go. Look at this. See, so Paul's Essen Diary. Uh, look at this one, actually. I, I need to watch the rest of his Essen Diaries, actually, because every time I got home from a uh, um, an event in the evening, I went straight to bed. So I didn't have time to watch uh, a lot of the vlogs that were going on. But I'm working from home Wednesday and Thursday this week. And basically, I have on my playlist... All of the vlogs that Paul did, all of the vlogs that Board Gaming Ramblings did, and any other vlogs that I can find. And they're basically going to be my background uh, to, while I'm doing my work. But yeah, look at this. It does a, was it a 51 minute one there? It does like a 50 minute one there because he had technical issues or something like that. Two hours, 16 minutes and 45. This was a long vlog, but we had fun with this. I mean, it, it wasn't even meant to be two hours. We thought this was just going to be like a quick 45 minute, one hour vlog. And he just basically got his laptop out. I gave him my, my HD camera and we just sat and talked and joked and we just couldn't shut up. <laughs> so that was basically the deal. But I don't know. This is why I love doing these live stream collaborations with people. Not just Paul, but, you know, Borgen Ramblings, Nerd Shelves, you know, Mackenzie Franklin. We've got Chairman of the Board I'm doing soon. Board Game Perspective, Board Game Gamer. All these people that I have done collaborations with. It's so much fun to just talk and banter about games. But if you haven't checked out this stream, uh, this live stream video, go do it. Support Gaming Rules, support Paul Grogan's channel and watch this stream as a podcast in the background or something. Because it was great fun to do. And yeah, what do we got? Uh, let's see. Uh, more stuff about... Uh, yeah, there are so many German sweet-tasting breads, and apparently a Stroopwafel was Dutch. Ah, my mistake. Oh, well, clearly the Dutch make better cakes, then. Uh, what about Furnace? Furnace. I played Furnace before I went to Essen. A, um, a friends of mine uh, had the game. I think they backed on Kickstarter, and they got their fulfillment. And my view of it is... Five. It's average. You know, I don't dislike the game, but I I didn't really gun for it either. I get what it's trying to do. It is a very simple engine builder, but it's also a dry as hell engine builder. I mean, it's just based, it takes the boring theme ever of the whole, like, industry age, and then it's a bidding game where you bid for generic cards that basically turn X into Y, and you then use those cards to generate basic stuff like stone and wood and things it's like it's it's fine the bidding system is kind of what makes the game it's the, the idea that you put these tokens on the cards and these tokens are number one to four and as you bid on the cards if you get outbid your your token gets you the bonus multiplied by that token at the top of the card but then if you win the bid you get the card 
and you basically generate a little production engine. It's fine. I just kind of just found it a little bit dull. You know, the bidding is the best bit of it, and it's not like exactly blow my mind fun or anything. It's like, oh my god, this is so such an amazing thing. But when you barely have a few cards and somebody has like this many cards in front of them and you're waiting for people to hurry up and do their production engines, it's like, get on with it, I've already done mine. Look, it's not difficult to turn this stone into this and this stone into that, whatever. You kind of get a little bit of downtime and you're just a little bit bored at that point. As I say, I don't, dis I don't hate it, I don't dislike it. I just found it, I found it the epitome of meh. It does what it says on the tin. But what it says on the tin is not something I'm really gunning for. But I can understand if people are big fans of it. I certainly have nothing against the game. My friends like it. And I totally see why this is definitely up their street. It's just not particularly my street. That's all it is. Um, what else have we got? Do, 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 do. Uh, what do you think about Terraforming Mars? Oh, oh no, sorry. I skipped one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Always interested in ramblings when you two talk about games. Honestly, I love doing stuff with Paul Grogan. We like we are like the two farmers talking about games, even though he claims he's not a proper farmer. You know, it's like, look, you're living in Devon, you're now a farmer. But yeah, I, I want to do more stuff. In fact, the most popular live stream we I've done was the top ten formatic Euros with Grogan. So you know, I want to do more stuff with him. If only he wasn't so rotten busy all the time. Ah, well, like I say, maybe the Patreons on this channel need to start doing, like, vote polls to say more stuff with Luke, please. Uh, that'd be sweet. All right. Any Halloween suggestions besides the obvious ones? Arkham Eldritch Mansion of Madness. Uh, well, obviously, they would be big contenders. What else could be good for Halloween? Honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of Halloween. Halloween is such a commercialized holiday. It's for kids to go around trick-or-treating, and I have to be careful when I go around supermarkets in case I turn the corner and see a giant spider hanging off a shelf. It's really annoying. But yeah, I don't... King of Tokyo with some Halloween monsters? I don't know. No, honestly... Well, Ghost Stories. Ghost Stories would be pretty sweet. I'd play that on Halloween. You know, really good tower defense game. That could work. Uh, yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, otherwise, Efferfields, if you enjoy and have that game, that'd be pretty sweet. Uh, that certainly is a sort of spooky-esque game. But yeah, there's not many horror games that I go mad for. <laughs> Maybe I could find a way to justify Spirit Island as a Halloween game. What do you think about Terraforming Mars Ares? Now, I've only played it the once, but I do have a copy of it. Um, I was able to get a a view copy at Essen and so I do have a copy of this game to play and I will probably do a blitz review on it I don't think it's I think it's a bit late to do a full review on it considering it's already had reviews but I played it once because a friend of mine showed me oh, oh before I get onto that Mysterium yes as uh, Evangelist has said uh, Mysterium yes Mysterium would be a perfect Halloween game but I have played Ares Expedition with three people this game single-handedly kills Terraforming Mars. There is no reason that I will want to play Terraforming Mars ever again when this game gives me the exact same feel in a shorter space of time. However, it's not exactly no thanks short. It's still pretty lengthy for what it is, it's just not as long as Terraforming Mars. There's a bit of downtime while you're waiting for other people to hurry up and finish their turns and decisions while you've got more players. And there's very little, if any, player interaction other than guessing which one of these phase cards in Race for the Galaxy style that you get to play. The thing is, 
The action card is very rarely played. You can easily tell when someone's going to play production because, oh look, you have no money to buy any cards. I wonder what you'll do this round. Production, maybe? Same goes for cards. So really, the only thing you're trying to guess is whether somebody's going to play green or blue and red cards. That's about it. I played it with three of us and I enjoyed the game. The game mechanically was fun. It certainly looks light years better than Terraforming Mars, but I didn't really care that I had other people in the game. Now, I want to play it solo, out of the box. I don't want to play it with anybody when I, un when I unwrap the shrink. I want to simply just do the solo mode and see if that's any good. But will the solo mode be quick enough? Who knows? I hope it will be, because I enjoyed it mechanically, and if the solo is nice and quick, then the game could be a keeper. But I've got a strong feeling that Ares Expedition is going to be a solo-only game and nothing else, because I just really did not care about the fact that I had three of us there, and I would have probably gone mad if I'd played it with four. In fact, can I even do five? No, four. 45 to 60 minutes, you lying bunch of... Yeah, it's like liars, liars, pants on fire. 45 to 60 minutes. Yeah, you try doing it in 60 minutes with four. I'll give you that. Uh, nope, but like I say, I'm, I'm interested to try it some more, but I do think this is going to be solo only. What have we got then? More Halloween ideas. Ah, speaking of chairman on the board, hello. Yes, we will... Oh, uh, yeah, we, when are we doing our top 10 again? I need to get a thing out for that, don't I? Uh, 24th. Yeah, we were going to do it on Saturday, weren't we? Or was it during the week? I can't remember. I'll look on the Instagram chat we had. But yeah, we're doing top 10 games aged well. So there will be a collaboration between us two for that. Uh, nobody has asked about Messina 1347, actually. Well, that is interesting. I have not had a chance to try it because I bought it pretty much on the first morning, mainly because I knew it was going to sell out. And for $50, it was actually a reasonably cheap game actually compared to all the rest but i do have some reservations firstly do not care about this theme and you know me i hate it when titles do this thing of x game x y z w date or whatever you know it's like just call it messina i don't need to know it's 1347 i don't care what theme you've used from a historical point of view but that's not a good looker game it looks a bit convoluted and i saw it being played next door to um, us when we were sitting in the Premier Inn one day, and they were struggling with some of the rules in it. So I hear this is not the smoothest of games, but I'm interested to try it, because it's supposedly as heavy as Underwater Cities. I like Underwater Cities a lot. It's in my top 100. Uh, Prague, Root Redney, I like, just don't love. And so this could be another good game, but I don't know. I, my expectations aren't high for this one, but it's on my sh I have it in the bag downstairs. It will get played, I guarantee you. I wonder if anybody else has played it. Uh, did you check out Tabanusi? Is it in the same line as Teo and Zulkin? I did not. Um, I met with Ola from Boarding Dice, who is lovely. She is gorgeous, and she is so sweet. Really lovely lady. And uh, we talked about some stuff from Boarding Dice. Uh, but I should hopefully be getting review copies in the long run after the show for Tabanusian Origins. So watch this space, but they'll probably be a bit later this year. However, the other stuff we talked about, oh yes, uh, oh yes, um, we did go over founders of Teotihuacan, which was essentially going to be like a mid-weight tile-laying game with some, again, dry mechanics thrown in, but it was in prototype form. It sounds interesting, a worker placement game where you get to use the workers of your opponent to power up your own actions seemed quite cool. Tile lane, I enjoy. 
we'll see. Maybe this will be good, but I can say I'm interested to try it. Uh, we also looked at Lagrania, the uh, reprint that we're doing, the second edition. Is it the second edition? Here we go. The master set. Is that not beautiful? Look at that cover. That is gotta be in my like one of my top ten favorite board game covers. And the stuff I saw at Essen looks beautiful. The player boards and that that's the proper double layered. You can easily slot the cards in. The artwork is phenomenal in this. This is gonna be such a good master set. I regret selling my copy. I am so backing this. I definitely want to get it again, especially with some added content and this level of quality because the old one was a bit skimpy in uh, production quality. But one thing I will say I am hyped for. I did not know this existed. I had no idea they were doing this. This is totally out of their wheelhouse. But, oh, that's not what it was called. Oh, uh, come on. I can find it. Nightmare, 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 nightmare. I thought it was called Nightmare Cathedral or something. Maybe, maybe they just haven't got a board game listing yet. I suppose that's probably it. Yeah, it's probably too early. It's in prototype form. But they had something called Nightmare Cathedral, I think it was called. And wow, that game, the artwork in it is creepy. There is some messed up stuff. It's like supposedly an hour-long area control game. And it's essentially going to be something that's very different to what they usually do but the imagery is done by i forget his name but it was a polish painter and apparently the painter had a bit of a troubled life and you can tell he had a troubled life because if you look at his imagery it's creepy screw pan's labyrinth this stuff has got creepy stuff in it if he had a job with arkham horror like fantasy flight he'd make a mint <laughs> you know this guy the the imagery is so dark so like nightmarish out of this world and that's all i know about it it's going to be an area control game and you can come up against these nightmare creatures that are trying to screw you over while you're trying to like dominate the nightmare world and get out that's all i know it was early stages but wow i'm definitely like definitely looking at that that does look sweet but we'll find out more next year uh, more stuff with pool more stuff with pool yes <laughs> that would be nice uh, horrified. Well, horrified for Halloween. Yeah, that's a pretty good done. Uh, we're nearly getting on to an hour and a half, and my throat is getting rather sore. I think I might wrap this up at 90 minutes, so we'll see. Oh, I like that. Oh, well done. Well done. Spirit Island Bringer of Dreams and Nightmares for Halloween. Well done. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm doing that. Yes. Uh, you confirm my gut feelings about Mind and Furnace. Okay, cool. Yeah, what's this? <laughs> this slander against Terraforming Mars will not stand. I'm going to bed. Good day, sir. No night. <laughs> hey, hello to an eclectic camel. New version of Kemet. Is this the time to get into it? Yeah. The Kemet's a really good game. I've got the second edition downstairs. It looked cool. Kemet's a pretty sweet game. Definitely a good time. And a new version of Great Western Trail. Did you finally like your cows? Do you honestly think I went anywhere near this game? In fact, to be honest, I was talking with Paul about it and, you know, there is very few changes in this new edition of Great Western Trail. So it's like a component upgrade and maybe a few tweaks, but it's still the same game as before. I have no doubt that anybody who is a fan of Great Western Trail is going to absolutely love this game. And if you are new to the system, you should totally buy this version because I'm not going to lie. It's a looker. It definitely has upped its uh, artwork since the last one. 
but I didn't like the gameplay of Great Western Trail. I don't like the ninja cow thing. I don't like this teleporting ring the ring of roses thing you got to do here. I don't care about this game. All right. So don't No, I'm not going to be reviewing this one. Uh, what do we got uh, going on? Hello to Hilmar. Hey, good evening to you, sir. Hope you got home safely. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we're still talking about Halloween various games. Um, according to Rado, Tabanosi is super heavy and heaviest tea game. Really? Man, Taiwan Tinsuyu was a bit of a head scratch, although that might have been down to the rule book more than anything else in that horrible reference sheet. But Teoti Huacan's a bit of a head scratcher as well. If this is heavier than those, it might just be a little bit too much of a chore to play, but we'll find out. I'm out of the two, I'm definitely looking more forward to Origins. Or uh, Origins First Builders, uh, I think that was what it was called. Yeah, Origins First Builders. This is the one that I'm more interested in from the two of them there. An hour to two hours. Wait two and a half, so this could be mid-wait. I think Tom Vassell's done a review of this one. Or maybe he said he was going to do one soon. I can't remember. But this one does look cool. This this like wheel, mechanism wheel there for like getting your like getting your building materials and stuff. It does look pretty cool, even though there's only limited sort of pictures on here that I can show you. But... Yeah, probably dry as a bone, and I think I have heard it is super dry as a bone, but yeah, I'm interested in this one. The the mechanics sound cool. They just sound pretty, pretty cool. But yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, what else we got? Do, 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 do. <laughs> Please finish soon. I want to play Seven Wonders Duel Solo. Don't worry, I am going to finish in a couple of minutes. Uh... Beksinski. Beksin, Bekzinski was the painter called Beksinski. Maybe. Uh, let me see. Bekzinski. Zidislubidinki. I have no idea how to pronounce this name. Yes. Him. Oh my god. That's going to give me nightmares just looking at those pictures. Yes. This is the Polish painter I'm on about. And what is some of this stuff? This stuff is just beyond messed up. Look at this thing. Wow. I mean, it looks gorgeous. But what is going on in some of these? That looks... Is that spiders coming out of the guy's face? Oh, my God. This stuff looks horrific. I mean, it's good. It's good artwork. But, man, this stuff would be give me nightmares. It's just something about this just feels uncomfortable but if this artwork is going to be all over the game i'm all there i mean i like these dark gritty themes and that you know tainted grail and this war of mine and stuff i like efferfields even i may not like the game mechanically but i love the theme in efferfields something like this man give this guy credit this artwork is gorgeous but oh my god it's weird you know and this is going to be all over that game this is definitely, and this is something I'm, it's not just the fact that it's got this artwork. This feels like a theme and a step outside of Borden Dice's comfort zone. And again, I want to see innovation and something different. Origins and Tabanusi and all that. It's like, oh look, the same stuff again. This looks like something different. Nightmare Cathedral looks different. And that's why I'm more hyped about that than most stuff that they're doing. All right. Uh, what do we got? Uh, anything left? Oh, blimey. Uh, <laughs> some people have tuned in. I'm literally about to sign off. But what have we got home? Um, after a rather boring train game with missing components, I got home. <laughs> yes, that, that probably works out. 
What do we got then? Yep, the artist was Bekzinski, and the game is indeed called Nightmare Cathedral. There's a preview on GameFound. Ooh, 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 I gotta have a look at this. Game Found, Nightmare Cathedral. Got to have a look at this game. Gonna catch them all. Here we go. Nightmare Cathedral. Look at that building. That building looks weird. It's like a it's like a H-shaped building with a dark void in the middle made out of basket weave. It's so like weird and unnerding. But yeah, they do have a project draft of Nightmare Cathedral with some really creepy minis. Yep, there's that uh, weird skeleton with the instrument there. Yeah. Um follow follow at the broken meeple follow <laughs> definitely following that one that looks sweet oh hey board game perspective excited about the games you'll be shipping us from essen <laughs> yes i'm i'm not your direct link to uh all the games that you want but you have the advantage of stuff like gen con in that that i wish i i wish i could go to an american con and someday i will but I've got to find a way to get there and be able to afford it and have the time off work and justify a nine-hour flight. Trust me, I want to get there. You know, but we'll see. Like I said, I would love to come to an American convention at some point. Uh, Gutenberg was one of the stars of the show. It certainly was the star of the show from an Essen perspective. However, as I mentioned before, I found it meh. Uh, do -do -do. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of love for this artist. You know, creepy as old get out. But, uh, oh, he's apparently done some heavy metal covers. That does make sense. I mean, <laughs> if you've seen that artwork, that actually does sound like something that would be on a heavy metal cover. Right. One hour 32. I think this is a good time to wrap it up because my throat is starting to get quite sore. I, you know, tomorrow I hope not to be talking too much at work. Although saying that, I've got to be in two meetings. I think I am going to rest my throat with a bit of honey, actually. I've just... It's starting to get to its limit. So I think I'm going to get an early night tonight, but not until I've probably unwrapped one or two games from the bag, because I do need to get on with unwrapping some of that stuff. So we'll do with that. But yeah, I'm also going to try and get this out as a podcast audio form. I know it'll be a bit weird for those listening to it as a port, um, as a podcast, but it just worked out this way. The, the live stream was good fun to do. And as I say, Essen was still good fun. It was definitely worth going. I'll definitely go again next year. Definitely probably drive. I'll probably go through Holland again. Hooker Holland, the overnight ferry, because I think the three hours each side of the, the, the sea uh, breaking up the journey is better than doing the one-day massive drive. Not to mention it'd be cool to go back to Rotterdam, because Rotterdam was a nice city when I visited it. Or somewhere else in Holland. I don't know. Recommend me a place. But that would be pretty cool. And I'll definitely do some volunteering for a publisher in a bigger way next time you know like 12 16 hours really put in some time with a publisher get the you know get the goodies but also just have fun uh demonstrating games because i love to teach games so anyway that's it for me and i'll see you on the next broken people live stream i'll see you on the next broken people video which like i say will be top 100 time i will be starting to get back to those 30 to 21 i'll try to record it tomorrow if i can and then that gives me time to edit it during the week. So hopefully I can get it up for the weekend. And then we can start cranking out those last three videos. Where you can see what my 30 favorite games are of all time. Before I will eventually do a live stream to talk about the aftermath. So anyway, take care everyone. Essen was great. I'll see you all again next year. I guess the next convention for me will be Gridcon. I'll see you at Gridcon if you're going there in the UK. So take care and everybody. See you soon. Love you all. And good night.